Man, God is so faithful and it's a good day to be in the house. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for remembering to set your clocks ahead. Those who forgot will be walking in in just a moment and we'll welcome them when they get here. Uh, and for those of you who realized that when you woke up, we probably have an increase online and that's okay. That's what that's there for. But now we are here as we spring forward. We're going to get some more daylight at night. You excited about that? Anytime there's more light, it's a good thing. Amen? Amen. We're going to continue our, our series. We're going to jump right into our scripture. We've got a lot to pack into this time together uh, in the next few minutes. So we're going we're gonna to get rolling here. So let's stand together and let's read from Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read together. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we receive instructions for our life through the word. I thank you that your word is alive and active today, God, and that it will speak to us even on today. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would speak to us clearly. I ask, Lord, that anything that is not of you, Father, would fall and be forgotten, but everything of you would be remembered, God. I thank you for being in this place today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, we're going to, you may be seated. We're going to continue our series, The Journey. Uh, we've been in this for uh, several weeks now. We started by talking about being a church who's going to love big, live truth, and be a healthy family. And uh, and we believe that the, the ingredient, the main ingredient, the essential ingredient into doing those things is that we're walking in community with one another. And are you walking in community? Are you in authentic relationship with, with other people? I posed a question following that that was, is your yes on the table? In order 
order to journey together and be a part of uh, the, uh, the church and on this journey, boy, there's gonna be times when God asks you to do things. And we understand that it takes faith to say yes to God. In fact, if we don't uh, exercise faith, we will say more often yes to our plans, more so than we will say yes to God's plans. And we wanna be in a place where we're saying yes to everything God has for us and the things that God has asked us to do. Well, last week we took a little bit of a turn and we talked about what happens when the unexpected happens. What happens when the unexpected happens? And we looked at Peter and his response to Jesus when he was being called uh, onto, onto the water and he was struggling between this faith and doubt principle. And, and so many times, if you're anything like me, I can struggle from at time to time from faith to doubt. And we wanna be people of faith, amen? We wanna be a people who step into faith and believe the things that God says for us. He has promises in store for us if we will walk in faith and we'll be obedient to our call. And so here we are on the next week of the journey. And as we are finishing out this story, uh, this story, this season, uh, 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 the series, uh, the journey, I would be remiss to uh, not talk a little bit about leadership, especially as it pertains to the church, because we are in a new season. We're heading in a direction and God has put wonderful people uh, in, in our church body uh, to lead us. And so I want to talk a little bit today uh, about, uh, about leadership, specifically tied down to the church and authority. Well, last week I said, what happens, or asked the question, what happens when the unexpected happens? Well, the unexpected happened to all of us one week or this week, one year ago, did it not? The unexpected happened, right? Things turned a left turn real quick, real fast. And uh, this pandemic, whether, uh, you, whether you were affected by it directly or indirectly, it affected everyone. It affected everyone. Everyone has a touch point with this pandemic this last year, and it has affected even going into the grocery store. It's affected uh, schools. It's affected a whole lot of things. And so the unexpected did happen. And I believe that God gives us the opportunity to look back over the time that we've walked. It's been a year, okay? And look back and evaluate our choices, our responses to what happened during this year. Are you excited, proud of, um, are you content with the choices that you made over the last year? That's something to really think about, to really wrestle with. All of us were tested in some way. Some of us were tested in our resources and our places of employment. Some of us had to struggle because some of us lost jobs during this time. Some of us had to back off. They were, you were laid off. Some of us had to reevaluate where we place our trust when it comes to our finances. Some of us were uh, tested in the area of our family and our priorities. Some of you were faced with extra time with your family, with your children, with your, with your spouses. A lot of times that was a good thing. And there was a takeaway and you had to, you had to learn how to do this new thing called like talk and communicate and actually spend time together, right? You had to, you had to learn how to dance again and, and do that, do that whole thing. Boy, isn't, isn't it interesting that good things can come out of unexpected circumstances? Good things can come. Yeah, God is always at work, always at work. And some of us were tested in the area of our submission to authority. Some of us during this pandemic, we were tested in the area of submitting to authority. Authority is not new. 
Authority happened way back in the garden. When we talked about Adam and Eve, when he created Adam and he created Eve, boom, God was in charge. There was an authority figure right off the bat. When you came out of your mother's womb, you were born into the arms of a mom and a dad who were in authority over you. Whenever you grew and you got on a big yellow school bus and you went to school, your teachers were in authority over you. When you decided to play sports, your coaches were in authority over you. When you got a car and you started to drive, the policemen were in authority over you, yes? When you turned of age to vote, you began to vote for people who were going to be in authority over you. Authority has been here for a very long time and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So authority is something that we have to grapple with. We have to look at, we have to understand what is supposed to be our response when it comes to authority. Well, whether we like the authority that's in front of us or not, the Bible does give us some clear direction about authority. In Romans 13, Paul writes this, let everyone, would you say everyone? Would you look at your neighbor and say, that means you? Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. I think Paul wrote that a second time for those who didn't agree, didn't see it the first time. Here's another chance for you to hear it. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Okay. So we have a directive in this passage, let everyone be subjective. We're supposed to submit to the authorities in front, of them, in front of us because God has established our authorities. This tells me that God has a hand in both the positions and the people who are in authority over us. Do you notice that the prerequisite to obedience is not listed that you agree with what your authority is asking you to do? When I'm in my home and I ask my children to do something, I'm not looking for their understanding for their, their obedience. Nora climbed up the stairs last night on the outside edge of the pole and she's climbing up the step. And we said, do not climb up that step. I have the best interests of my kid in mind. Well, guess what happens three seconds later when she disobeys? She falls down and hurts her arm. Now, she had a choice. She chose not to obey. Why did she choose not to obey? Because she probably thought she had a better mindset of what she was doing than I did, okay? The why does not, precede the obedience all the time. You don't have to know the why to walk in obedience, okay? You don't have to know the why to walk in obedience. We're also commissioned to do something else, not just obey, but we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to be praying for those in the leadership. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and in those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Who wants to please God our Savior? This pleases a God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Back a few weeks ago, I talked about Acts and I talked, it's the establishment of God's church. And I talked about numbers being added to their number daily. If people were not submitting to authority then, if people do not submit to authority now, numbers will not be added to the kingdom. God establishes authority for us to be under as a covering. Now, are there good leaders and bad leaders? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are good leaders and bad leaders. There are people who are in leadership at times and they make bad calls. You wanna know why that is? It's because people in leadership are human and they are broken and their decisions and their flaws are put in the spotlight for everybody else to see. Yes? And so there is a heavier mantle 
to be placed on those who assume a leadership position. There is a more, there's a higher level of prayer demand on somebody who's in leadership than other people because they are out there out front making the best decisions possible for those they lead. Probably the most polarizing topic of this pandemic has been this right here. Okay, polarizing topic right here. Uh, Even in the church, I don't mean our church, but the church and potentially maybe our church, polarizing topic, okay, has been, has been the face covering. I was talking to Sherry about this yesterday. Back in May, I resolved to wear this mask, to wear this face covering back in May. And the reason I made that decision wasn't because I was making a political statement. It wasn't because I agreed with the reasons why we're supposed to wear a mask. I put on this mask because my authority asked me to do so. And I'll be, if I'm very transparent, I didn't obey immediately. It took me to May to get there, okay? But let me, let me tell you something. When I got there, this became a non-issue. When I put it on and I was able to come into the church, I was able to receive and worship, receive from and worship the Lord. This was not an obstacle for me once I decided to submit to the leadership who asked me to wear it. It was so, it was so liberating. I was able to come in because this to me is not a major. It is a minor. It is something that I do just to obey. I might not understand the why. I might not agree with everything, but I'm doing it because I'm being asked to do it. And now I can get on with the real reason that I'm here. There have been people in the church who have struggled this entire year to hear anything from the Lord on both sides of the coin. One side comes in and they are looking for every person who has that below their nose, who's not wearing a mask. And they're gonna let everybody know what's going on. They don't have any capacity to hear from the Lord because their focus is in the wrong place. On the other side of the coin, you got people who say, I could care less what the people tell me to do. You're not gonna infringe on my amendment rights to do whatever I wanna do. And this doesn't make any sense. This is dumb anyway, right? And so you come in that posture with your arms closed, you don't have any capacity to hear from the Lord, right? Goodness, the easiest thing just to put it on and submit. I don't think it's an issue of whether this works or not. It's a heart issue of whether or not you wanna submit to the leadership in front of you. And so if you have struggled in that, I encourage you to ask the Lord to begin to speak to your heart about submitting to leadership in general, in general. And so as many of you know, there are restrictions that are beginning to lift on these. And there is a light, it seems to be at the end of the tunnel, which is extremely exciting. Uh, We are in an exciting time when when it comes out. And I'm prepared today to make an announcement about what we're going to do with regard to these. So, uh, Easter is coming, whether you know that or not, it's coming, whether you, uh, there's nothing we can do to stop that. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, and we don't want to stop it either. April 4th is Easter. And, uh, beginning with Easter Sunday, our, our church is going to move to two gatherings. We're going to have an early gathering and we're going to have a main gathering. Okay. Our early gathering is going to begin at 845. And because we realize that there are still people within our uh, congregation who, even though restrictions are lifting, they still feel better being involved in a service with people with face coverings. We're going to ask if you choose to participate in the early gathering, we're going to stay in face coverings for a little bit longer. Okay. So if you come to the early gathering, it will be a mandatory face covering continuing starting on Easter. Then at 1030, we're going to have our main gathering, which will be an optional face covering. Okay. So we will move to an optional non-mandatory face covering 
during our main gathering at 1030, starting on Easter Sunday, okay? I do want you to note the time. There has been a time change as well. Our main gathering will start at 1030, starting on Easter Sunday, okay? So that is our plan uh, for right now, that we have an early gathering at 845, mandatory face covering, right? If you're gonna participate in that. And then our main gathering will be at 1030 in the morning, starting Easter Sunday with an optional face covering. You can wear it if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. Okay, does that sound good? Kids ministry will continue to operate and they will follow these exact same protocols for each of the gatherings. We will have kids ministry in both gatherings starting Easter Sunday, okay? More information about uh, Easter is going to come, but I want to talk today uh, a little bit about church uh, leadership, specifically Springhouse church leadership. And before we get into some particulars, into some specifics, uh, I want to make a couple uh, of, of points here. The first one is this. The church is, not, is, the church is God's idea, not ours. The church is God's idea. It's not our idea. The church does not belong to a person. This is not Kevin O'Day's church. I, I do go to this church. <laughs> I do attend here, but this is not... Uh, the church that belongs to Kevin O'Day. It was not the church that belonged to Ronnie Meek. We are just serving in a capacity in the church. The church really belongs to the Lord. And one of the things that we need to understand is that a good church is going to have checks and balances and accountability for itself so that one person doesn't run and hold on too tightly to something that's not theirs, okay? So the church does not belong to one, one person. Next, the primary function of church leadership is to equip you for works of service. The primary function of church leadership is to equip you for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. So our job effectively is to be in your life. What does that look like? It looks like protecting. It looks like serving. It looks like teaching. It looks like speaking into your life truth that you may not want to hear. All of those things are a part of your equipping so that you may build up the body of Christ. There are three primary groups that run our church here at Springhouse. We have an eldership, we have an admin board, and we have a pastoral team. These three entities run our church. And I wanna start by talking about the eldership this morning. The eldership serves in a capacity of being the spiritual covering and oversight for our church. It is a group of people. It's not one people, it's a group of people, minimal three, but I believe we have 12 right now, 12 elders. The eldership meets to discuss and pray over the spiritual health of our church. And this group of people have willingly answered the call to step into the office or the position of an elder. So if you are an elder of Springhouse, would you and your spouse please come down to the front at this time? You guys can face the congregation. And as they come, I wanna tell you a little bit more about the function of our eldership. The eldership manages our church affairs with regard to religious doctrine, missions outreach, the issuing of ministerial credentials, they select and provide accountability to the lead pastor. So I'm not out on the ledge by myself. This is my covering, okay? And they also select and provide accountability to the administrative board, which I'll talk about in just a second. This group collectively, not individually, but collectively is the ultimate authority of Springhouse. So there are many people when it comes to making big decisions in our church. It, it relies with this group and you can understand 
the heavy mantle that it takes to assume a role like this. The Bible tells us that we judge a tree by its fruit. These are the qualifications of an elder. An elder is above reproach, faithful to their spouse, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money and manages their family well. And I believe that every person that's down here hits the mark on these things. Every person down here is able to walk this scripture out with humility and they're able to execute their role with humility. They serve, they protect, and they lead. Our responsibility is to pray for these. I pray for every one of the elders daily by name because I understand the gravity of the mantle that they hold. Thankfully, Jesus Christ, (laughs) Jesus Christ is able to take the hard burdens on himself, right? As we pursue him, these people have been commissioned to lead us. They have answered a call. This is a lifetime appointment. And they, and they recommit each year. So typically in January, we would present the eldership to the congregation. But we're doing that now because the, the timing of our transition between the, past, the lead pastor role and also because I knew I was doing this series. So if you guys would stand with me, we're gonna stretch our hands and we're gonna pray over these individuals who are walking in this commitment to leading our body. Would you guys stretch your hands forth? Father God, I thank you so much for the incredible group of people, Lord, that you've assembled to lead Springhouse Church. I thank you for the eldership, God. I thank you for the mantle of leadership that they have assumed, Father, that they have, that they have, uh, they have voluntarily taken up, Father, in answering the call that you've placed on their life. God, I pray for a hedge of protection around their homes. I pray, Lord, that you would help them and lead them and guide them. I pray, Lord, that they would hear your voice clearly as they're leading, Father. I thank you, Lord, that they are seeking to protect and to serve our body. I ask, Lord, that you would give avenues for them to speak clearly the things that you have given them, Lord, into the ministries and the people of this body, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help them keep them well. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them and strengthen them, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that the ultimate goal would be, in addition to serving you, God, would be that we would walk in unity. So I thank you, Lord, for the unified front with which this group walks. Thank you for the heart posture. And thank you, Lord, that Jesus is the center of each family's life here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. You may be seated. These elders are available, guys, to pray with you to talk with you, to minister to you. They are available available to you. The next entity that runs our church is the admin board. The admin board, uh, if the eldership is our spiritual covering, the admin board is our administrative covering, okay? So they cover us in the area of finances pretty much, okay? The budget, the expenses, the large decisions that are made in the church with regard to that. And so this is our admin board. These, these, these guys have experience in running business, working with finances, but more importantly, they've been called. The eldership are the people who decide who's going to be on the admin board. And the admin board also fit the criteria in scripture that we listed before of being above reproach and all of those things. So these are the admin boards. So we have the spiritual covering of the church from the eldership, the administrative covering from the admin board, and then we have our pastoral staff. I'm going to speak a little bit more in depth about 
pastor and the calling of the pastor next week because we have a few people that we're going to give some uh, pastoral credentials to next week. Um, but this is, this is our pastoral staff and they are charged with the task of running the day-to-day operation of the church. The lead pastor's role is to set a direction to share vision and set the direction for the church. And the rest of the pastoral staff are called associate pastors. And the associate pastors work to execute the vision and the direction of the lead pastor. And so this is the associate staff, um, in addition to, to, to me, who I, I feel the role of lead pastor. And what I've asked the associate staff to do as we are closing out this series, as your pastors, I've asked them to pray and ask the Lord to give them a word or a phrase for our body that would be timely for our season right now. And I believe that the Lord has given each of them uh, a word for our, for our congregation. So I'm going to step out of the way because we're going to hear from two of the associate pastors today, and we're going to hear from the other three next week. Today, we're going to hear from our incredible, phenomenal youth pastor, James Jansen. And we're going to hear from from our extremely talented and faithful executive pastor, Barbie Laughlin. So would you guys welcome James Jansen. All right. Glad to see everybody in the house this morning. As Kevin said, I am the youth pastor, uh, James Jansen. My wife, Dana Jansen, is um, attending to our sick child, Elijah Jansen. So <laughs> um, I have uh, three boys, a 10-year-old. Uh, his name is Judah. Elijah is my eight-year-old. And then Noah is our 12-year-old. He's manning the camera back there. So if you see them getting rambunctious around the church, feel free to go and grab their ear and you know, bring them over to me. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> So um, Kevin asked me to bring a word for uh, the church body, and, and I believe that the Lord has um, put one on my heart, but I, I feel led to share with you a little bit about um, where I came from and what the Lord has brought me through to get um, here at Springhouse. So uh, about four and a half years ago, um, me and Dana were in a, in a place of just uh, like seclusion almost. We, we were involved in the church, but we weren't really serving in a capacity in which the Lord, you know, uh, has called us to serve. And so I, I say, Dana, we need to, we need to have a place where, uh, where we can be led and, and we can help others to um, find their calling in who the Lord is. And we didn't know what that looked like. And so we took a step out uh, of the of the body that we were serving in, and Dana got plugged in with a women's group, a uh, a group of women who got in and and studied the Bible for um, two hours every Wednesday, and uh, and that step of obedience, that step of faith for her, kind of nudged me to say, you know what, I want to get involved as well. I want to be a part of a community because I was seeing the joy that it brought her. I was seeing the fellowship that she was able to come home and, and impart on, into our family. And, uh, and so we got involved with a life group and we got involved with people here at Spring House and started coming to church here. Well, um, the Lord did some amazing things, guys. Um, everybody here was just so welcoming and, and felt like family from the very beginning. Um, I, I can't imagine to, uh, uh, to tell you uh, the feeling that we had of love and, and embracement whenever we came here at Spring House. Um, uh, it was around January of 2018, when Pastor Kevin asked me to, uh, me and Dana both to serve in youth leadership. 
So we stepped into that role and we didn't know what that looked like, but these kids are amazing. They, we, I, I don't have to tell you, because you know, already know, you have some of the best teens, the best youth here at Springhouse. Uh, everybody give it up for the youth here at Springhouse. Yeah. <laughs> but as we grew in relationship with these incredible teens, um, I just saw that the Lord was doing some amazing things and, and he was actually using us uh, as his mouthpiece to impart wisdom and, uh, and teaching into these kids. Um, and, and it just filled me with such a, 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 a fulfillment of purpose, a feeling of, of joy that I haven't felt before. And so I said, if this is it, God, if this is what you want for us, then we're willing we want this, we want to step into what you've called for us to do. And, uh, and then uh, I guess it was August of 2018, Pastor Barbie um, heard from the Holy Spirit. She was up here preaching. She heard from the Holy Spirit and said, you know, um, I just feel led. James Jansen, you're going you're gonna to experience three areas of increase in your life. And, and the first one is going to be in order. The first one is going to be in your own personal relationship with Jesus. And I was like, yes, that's what I need more than anything. She said, the second one is gonna be in your relationships, in the community that you have around you, the friends, the people that are surrounding you. I said, awesome, I need that as well. And then she said, the third one is gonna be financially. You're gonna experience increase financially. And I was like, okay, God, whatever you wanna do. Um, But I'm here to tell you today to testify to um, that word because... The Holy Spirit, when, when, when he comes in and he, he invades a place, he, he is not wrong, okay? That word right there I've stood on uh, for the past two and a half years. Um, I've listened to it countless times. I've prayed it into our life and I've actually experienced it, guys. I have grown uh, spiritually with the Lord more than, um, more than I could ever imagine. Uh, I've, I've grown relationally with each one of you guys and, uh, and, and I'm seeing how the Lord is, is continuing to grow us in community and, uh, and, and grow our leadership team and grow our youth group and grow our church. And, uh, and he's also blessed us financially. So I'm here to tell you that, that, that his word is true, okay? And um, that is something that really happened in our lives. Now, I want to tell you, uh, when, we did started, when we did start growing in relationship, um, it wasn't just a toe. It wasn't just like I stepped in just a little bit. I mean, man, I jumped in, right? I wanted it. Um, these are things that... that, that I had to do because I recognized the need and I heard the word and I said, you know what, let's go. So um, Proverbs 16, three says, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will make your path straight, okay? He will make a way for you. And so when you do that, when you come with that 100% full wholehearted commitment to the Lord, um, he's going to be there for you, guiding you all the way. So that's kind of one of the things that, that, uh, that I wanna uh, impart to you today. And um, another one is in Psalms 22. It's, a, it's verse 22. Uh, and it's about testimony too. It says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Um, another version of it is in the um, NIV. And it says, I will praise you to all my brothers and I will stand up before the congregation and testify of the wonderful things you have done. So God is so good. He is wonderful in, in 
so many areas, guys. I mean, I mean, I can't begin to tell you the joy and the increase um, so much more than even what I, I could imagine uh, has happened here in this place. And if, if there's one thing that I can leave you with today, it's, it's don't be afraid to, uh, to get into community, to step out and form new relationships with other people. Um, people need you more than you need people. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the freedom that you will, you will get from stepping out and committing to a relationship, I mean, it, it, it's that much more freedom to an, another person, okay? And so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't feel like you're, you're, um, you're not worthy, you're not good enough because you are, okay? Every, everyone in this place uh, is, is worthy and, and, and willing and accepted to, to step out and get into relationship with other people. So I want to, uh, I want to pray over you guys today and just, um, and just really uh, break the barriers of anything that's been holding us back as a, as a church body to, uh, to step out and, and commit and get into relationship with others. So Father God, we just pray in this house, Lord. We just, um, we release any bondage God, right now, anything that's holding us back from uh, stepping out and stepping into a new relationship, into um, uh, a freedom that you have called us to, God, we just say uh, you're free. You're free to, to make new relationships, to commit to people, and to really establish uh, a healthy family within this place, God. You know our hearts. You know what our needs are, our desires are, God. And, and we just open ourselves up, an open book to, as vessels for you to do with whatever you want. Father, it's your will that we want more than anything else. We ask that all of our plans, all our desires, anything that's of us be uh, let go and released and, and you just take the wheel, Jesus. We surrender our lives to you and ask that you make our paths straight. We'll commit to you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, be blessed. So our new theme song will be people, people who need people. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, that was an awesome word. I'm so excited to see you guys from the front. I'm always behind you these days. Um, I'm Barbie Laughlin. I am the executive pastor here. I have been serving at Springhouse. Well, we actually came here in 1991, 1992. I began teaching here about 1999. I came on staff in 2003, then full-time in 2006. Is that enough? Um, <laughs> I am the third child, I'm the third daughter of Ernest and Barbara Kirkendall. Try growing up with that last name. And especially when it's spelled K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L. How does that mean Kirkendall? I don't get it, but I can't take it up with parents now. I was born in the church. My father pastored and um, it was all we knew. It was all we knew. I sang with my sisters, all four of us, my... Um, they all have great voices. My mom and dad had great voices. And um, we had one sister who we would always give the bass part to because we knew usually by the second verse she would be shouting. Um, we were Pentecostal holiness 
growing up. Um, I grew up, we didn't. <laughs> I mean, I thought like, I'm just trying to think, Russ Taff was like on the edge. Uh, we didn't listen to the radio. We didn't watch movies. We weren't allowed to wear makeup or earrings or anything like that. Uh, we grew up with three uh, skirt lengths. You had holy, heathen, and then there was hell in a handbasket. <laughs> Which was really about right here. <laughs> but those ankles... <laughs> So I grew up holiness, and I had the long skirts, and I, 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 I hesitate to tell you there were a few bonnets involved in that, and, but we're not going to talk about that, and I'm pretty sure there are no pictures, so you cannot prove it. Anyway, I grew up in that kind of environment, and, and I had a wonderful father. When we did this before, I kind of took things to a dark place because... Pastor Ronnie said testimony. He didn't say which part. And I think if we all look at our lives for too long, we can find some dark places. But as healing takes place in our lives, what we begin to see is the light and the goodness of God in everything. In every aspect, instead of looking at the pain, we look at the healing that he brought. Instead of looking at brokenness, we look at the wholeness that he's brought about in our lives. And I've watched him do that over and over and over again. When I was 12 years old, went to a youth retreat, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they said it would be fun, but there was fasting involved, and there was like the, the pastors, the, the guy said, you know, we're going to take some time, and you're going to seek the Lord, and you're going to get direction for your life, and I'm like, they said there would be foosball, and, uh, <laughs> and so during that time, I went and I actually prayed and began to seek the Lord about my life. And um, he brought us back together the next day. And he said, okay, now I want you all to share what the Lord has shown you. And, and so one stood up and said, I really believe that I've been called into the mission field. And the next one gets up and shares a little bit. And they said, well, I, I believe I'm supposed to sing for the Lord. And you know, it's so funny at a, at a Christian retreat, you never hear anybody go, well, I'm going to be a dentist. <laughs> I think I'll be a plumber. That's what the Lord has shown me. It's always something religious, you know? And so uh, it came my turn and I got up there and they said, well, you know, well, Barbie, what did you? And I said, see, and I said, well, I saw a platform and a pulpit. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to marry a pastor. <laughs> and so I spent my teenage years avoiding anything that looked like they could become a pastor. <laughs> You know, and, and so I actually dated this one guy and it's like he, he had everything your mom's afraid of and he had like a van and a motorcycle and, and he was part of this band called Mandrake. And so I married him. <laughs> Hal, say hello to the congregation. His hair was longer than mine when I married him. Yeah, and it's coming back when he retires. I have a feeling. Anyway. Anyway, God has been faithful, and as much as I have run, and as much as I have tried to get away from the calling that is on my life, my mom and dad were pastors. After my dad uh, stepped out of the pastorship, my mother continued to pastor until she was 70 years old. That is not my plan, <laughs> but, but I don't get to make my plans, do I? <laughs> God gets to order my steps. And so I have the great honor and blessing of being a part of your lives in this, in this time. And, and I do love you. And I'm so grateful to be able to serve this house and to serve the Lord and, and to be a part of what he's doing in your lives.
As I was praying about what he would have me share with you today, as far as a word is concerned, it was really interesting in my late early 20s, I was part of a musical group called Manna. And it, you know that means, what is it? <laughs> we were a little biblically illiterate at that time. And we thought it meant, you know, provision. But it was manna. And uh, I say that because when I was asking the Lord about a word that would be appropriate for us in this time and season, he brought to my mind the word manna. But then he followed it up with tell them not to seek yesterday's manna. See, the Lord has been so good to us. He has, over these years, he has been so good to us and he's fed us and he has fed us and he has fed us and it has been the best. It has been the best, but that's yesterday's manna. And I don't want to live on yesterday's food. I want to live on what God has for us today. Amen. Amen. And the wonderful thing, the scripture tells us that manna was given daily. And only one time you could gather a double portion going into the Sabbath. You know, and the only other time that manna was saved, the only other time that it was saved, the Lord told Moses, he said, I want you to save a little bit and let it be a testimony. Let it be a testimony of the goodness of God and how he brought you through. And every day leading up to this day, every moment, every piece of manna that he has given you up to this moment is a testimony. It is a testimony. We don't hunger for it. We share what God has done. And then we hunger and we gather today's manna. God has something fresh for us. Do you know that? God has something fresh and it's going to nourish us and it's going to take us in into this next season. I believe that with all of my heart. We are blessed people. Scripturally, the Word tells us that fresh bread was placed, bread of presence was placed weekly on the altar before the Lord. We need fresh bread. Every time we come in, we, what fed us was wonderful, but God has something for you today. Give us this day our daily bread every morning awaken, knowing the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of His presence, the blessing of the testimony that He has given us to take forth. Begin to ask Him, Father, I need your bread today. I need the bread of presence. I need your blessing. Without it, I cannot survive. Amen. Amen. Manna for today.